Baby, I'm your host Ow. for this junta. I don't even know what a junta is. You know what a junta is? a party, apparently. Sounds uh, either like a French word or a fruit. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Spanish, it says. But uh, a it's actually a, it's a military party, so a different kind of party, I think. <laughs> Not quite the party we're having today. <laughs> Welcome, anyway. I'm your host, Brett Brandis. Join me. It's my co-host, Eric. Eric, tell me your name. Just this once, though. <laughs> just for this one only, time. Only this one, one opportunity. <laughs> you only got uh, one. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, you almost got me. You almost oh, got me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Eric, co-host of Dragon Party. Uh, and yeah, look, this is, this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a fun one. one. And we even have one more guest to uh, at the party today. Uh-oh. You know him. You love him. Pat, tell him your name. Yes, this is. Uh, yeah, I'm Pat. I'm the unofficial co-host of Dragon Party. I'd say at this point you've earned the title, sir. This no, no, now. Let's hold on. Let's hold on. No, 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 I don't. No, don't let me. Don't let me step on Eric's toes here. <laughs> lest I, lest I attract his ire. Well, Pat does have a really important role in today's uh, topic. We are, of course, are going to talk about D and D one shots. And uh, he was the DM for our very latest in our one shot. And we thought it'd be fun to kind of rehash it uh, just because it's fresh in our minds as right now. We just went through it all. That way we can kind of detail into what and dig into what a one shot really is and why you should care. And he got Uh, to be a player. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> First time in three years. Eric got to be a player. I saw him as a player, and it was fun. We had a lot of fun, uh, especially with this one shot. Before we get into our topic for the day, though, guys, we're back partying it up. What's y'all drinking today? Let's start with you, Eric. So I'm going to drink a, uh, a Brett Brand special, Old Fashioned. Hey, baby. Oh. You know, I love it. Always love me. And you have the mix that I told you the about, mix. correct? Yeah, the bar Yes, smith. the oh, mix. I actually found good. it. It's in my Target. Ah, that's lucky. I have to, like, special order it here, which is annoying. But it's not impossible. We have Amazon nowadays. So, right. <laughs> it's, like, it's still just as convenient. It's just like, right, yeah. I have to remember <laughs> to do it or I, I, I don't end up with it. Uh, and Pat, what you got going on? Ooh, I got one of my favorite cocktails that I like to whip up. So I'm a bit of a, I stay away from the dark liquors, lest my Irish heritage take over. So <laughs> I've got uh, uh, a bee's knees here. Ooh, okay. And what's in a bee's yeah. knees? Detail so, that. Yeah, yeah. So that's gin. Okay. Club soda. I like to use like flavored carbonated water. So like some bubbly or some LaCroix. Yeah. Then lemon juice and just a little bit of honey. Okay, I was going to say, there's got to be something in honey, right? If you're going to name it the bee's knees <laughs> nope. and then yep. not include the honey, it's like, uh... Don't know what, it's, actually, it's actually two ounces of candle wax. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you get it. I should have you know, known. You, you just melt that <laughs> bad boy down. And you got to keep mixing, though, otherwise it'll harden. <laughs> it's like, a little that's what keeps it exciting. That's what keeps you on your knees. <laughs> not, 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 not your toes? <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no, no. You'll, you'll be dead before it reaches your toes. <laughs> Well, I tried my best today. We know I, I, what. Anytime I can, and I go to my fancy store, 
So we're talking about one shots today. So of course I got the mug shot. Ah, oh. <laughs> that's great. It's a type of one shot. It's a type. Yeah, hopefully it's. Just... <laughs> oh, uh, I did discuss with Eric too, though. We might have to take a shot of something. Altogether. I, I heard that in the podcast, and I was like, oh, oh no. Okay, yeah, that so might have to think. happen. Yeah, okay, okay, we we can do that at the end. We can do it at some point. Let me know. But yeah, I have. So we might have I to have, take a shot together. I do have my liquor within arms reach. Should should we do oh. it to begin? Should it should it be our kickoff? I, I think we should. I think All we should. Right. I think we off. should I think we should. Alright, we're gonna do a shot then. Uh I All grabbed right, a I grabbed just, just one. one. Just one. I had just to grab one. something that was like shot worthy. I did have a bottle of Jameson in my cabinet. Oh. I was like, oh that's that's like that's a easy. typical yeah that's a typical okay. shot. Pat and I were talking about this during the break. I'm doing something that's not shot worthy at all, and I just have loose liquor. I have Jaeger cold brew. Oh, okay. I was going to Jaeger Meister's a very typical monster. shot, too. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I, I have this like drink that I make. It's probably called something, but yeah, it's Jaeger cold brew, uh, like cold brew coffee, uh, Kahlua, and then some whiskey. It sounds just delicious. like monster. All and right. Pat, what do you got? I've got, of course, I got a little bit of gin. I know you don't because <laughs> yeah. you had it on it. All right, cool. yeah, this is the cheapest gin I have. You don't normally shoot it, but it's what we got. So, hey. all right, cheers, go. fellas, cheers. To, the cheers. to the one shot, to the one, to the one shot. shot. We're gonna do this all in one take. Ah, oh yes. You know, I'm so accustomed to whiskey now that like I remember when shots used to be like ah. Dang that! Oh, that just shook ooh, me. That burn. Oh, now I'm just like that was good. <laughs> that, okay, man, that tasted oh, great. No. I think <laughs> that means you need to branch out to other liquors just for shots. <laughs> I know, just, <laughs> just to get that disgusting just feeling. The, out. Yeah, you need man, to I get... take whiskey, and I'm just like, oh yeah, fuck, I love it. <laughs> I could just drink this. Yeah, you need like tequila or <laughs> oh, something. Another, just ooh. pick a whiskey that you hate. That feels so good. <laughs> or put a dr- uh, liquor that you hate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into our one shot, which we joke because it was a two shot because it took us two sessions to get it well, done. Typically, one shots are, I mean, they don't have to, right? I think a one shot just kind of means it's like, I got a beginning and an end. And just like, yeah, that's that's yeah. the joke of D&D where it's like, oh, you're going to do a one shot. It's like, guess what? We have a new campaign going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. So I actually, my first introduction, I told Eric this, was a one shot. I, I, I didn't just jump into a campaign. Uh, my friend, it was around Halloween in college, and he actually had a Halloween-themed one-shot to run, and he was Ooh. like, are you interested? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And that was my first time doing uh, anything D&D-related, and I, I mean, fell in love, of course. How could you not? I mean, it was so much fun. And I think it was even more fun because of the one-shot environment. Mm-hmm. I didn't have mm-hmm. to, like, get really into the role-play and get really in-depth with a character. Back. It was just like, bam, play D&D, go. <laughs> yeah no that was my first at least at least with 5e like i, I think i played like either 3e or 4e back in oh. high school and we did like a one shot but like when i seriously got into D, we yeah we did a one shot with my friends down in texas and yeah just that one shot it was super fun it lasted like seven hours and wow. it, yeah it was yeah it was like it was just a great time I, I think mine was that long too that but I, I can't remember the specific you know how exactly long it was I remember I was there all day though yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah you're right we, yeah. we were there for like a party it was like a thing yeah, yeah great like, introduction to D and you're like oh yeah now now let's do a campaign because that was so much fun yeah right I think it's a great way to get people's toes in the water of D and D so to speak that maybe are too intimidated by like 
these campaigns can last years. Like some people right. are yeah. like me. I was super into that. But yeah, some people are like, I don't know, man. And you know, you and from the outside, and you're like, oh, I'm in. It was actually kind of surprising to me that our campaign even went on as long as it did, right? I, there wasn't like, when we started yeah. it, it wasn't like, guys, we're doing this for years. That's not what was discussed. It was like, we, I mean, we actually took a campaign that was supposed to be pretty short. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we just kind of kept stretching it out because, you know. But it you know, started as the pandemic thing, and it was like, well, we have this pre-made campaign from Wizards. Let's get it done. Supposed to be pretty short, and yet we just, like, it took us a year to complete. Yeah, at the, after the first couple sessions, I was just like, all right, I think everyone now who's in is in. Is right, yeah, we did have a lot of foul in the beginning, you're right, actually, yeah. We, it, we lost our rogue, RIP. Almost like right away, too. Oh, he, he came back. He, he came back <laughs> as an evil NPC that Eric's... Suck up, like, sick on us later in the campaign, uh-huh. which was great. It was great. Uh, now let's talk about your one shot, Pat. Uh, what okay. was the inspiration behind it? What was the theme? Give people a background, a uh, backstory yep. of uh, just the opening uh, on how, how it kind of gathered and, and what was the opening scene so that they understand sure. the scenario we were thrown into. Yep. So, our my one shot, I wanted to make it, I wanted to make it like a pretty flexible a pretty flexible setting not only so that like the player characters could pretty much like do anything they wanted so you know to a certain extent within a semi-linear format because with a one-shot you're it's gonna be pretty linear like you don't want it to be super chaotic unless like hey if you if that's what you want to do by all means but generally you want it to be somewhat straightforward but i wanted some flexibility so like let's go with a general storyline that kind of promotes that so i had this idea of having a plane that had some planar bleeding occurring and so there were these odd magical anomalies occurring so it's just this simple village but there were these just strange magical occurrences happening and so what initially prompted the the actual adventure is occurred on the on a separate plane of existence you know very typical adventurers come in to hire to kill some to get to kill some bandits, and so I was we trying stayed to, there for way too long. Yeah, <laughs> but I, it was great because you guys were role playing. I didn't want to stop it, but again, I tried to push it along. But however, when they're there, they get sucked to a demi plane by these demigods to then, at their behest, send them to this other plane where this planar ble- bleeding is occurring, right. so they can go fix it, so to not cause the planes to be thrown into chaos. And so they're sent to this other plane of existence where the planes are pretty much converging on each other, and they have to solve this planar bleeding through either, you know, like either through riddles, through their own guile, or through combat, as we found. Yep. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed the concept of it. And I, I think it's, it, you hit a very good balance, in my opinion, of like, it, there was a clear structure around it, or there was a clear focus, like, hey, this is what's happening you guys are sent to go fix it. We're like, okay. <laughs> and yep. the attitudes of playing in a, a full campaign and a one shot for the players are kind of different. So it's just like, that's all I need, baby. Let's go get this thing. <laughs> because right. sometimes you'd be like, but wait, wh- what are the motives behind the people that are uh, like sending us on this mission? Like, are they actually secretly evil? Are they good? What's my character's motivation? Right. But the, the way you kind of set it up was just like, Hey, sometimes there's beings just way more 
powerful than you just tell you to do something and you just be like, all right, sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause like you guys showed up and there were like 30 other adventurers. So this is right in the beginning of the campaign. It's a, it's this alderman from this village and they hire out like 30 other adventurers to kill these bandits. And while you're in the inn, like, you know, it's like, Hey, this is kind of odd that there are all these like sorcerers and like really high level, like high level, you know, adventures run. This seems kind of fishy, but it's like, yeah, you, I could like honestly develop this into a campaign, but in a one shot, it's like pretty much just take it as it is. Sure. And yeah, I mean, maybe you, both of you kind of brought it up at this point already. One of the questions I wanted to get into is how much role play should really be involved in these one shots. I mean, we know it's effectively half of what D and D is is yeah. just entirely role play. Now, with a one shot in particular. Things aren't as open-ended, right? Like they, they have a very specific job that they have to get done in order for this one shot to work and, and be completed, uh, as it were. So they can't like just er erroneously make something up. If you have a guy in a tavern, he can't just you know make up a new quest that you didn't have designed. Like that yep. could naturally happen in a campaign, I would imagine. But in a one shot, yes, yes, it does. Yeah, right. <laughs> as Eric, Eric knows. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm sure it comes up, but in a one shot, it can't. It really is like those things; those yep. factors are limiting. So, like, how much role play should be involved between the characters? How much time should you spend on that? And through NPCs. Yep. Yeah, I think. I, oh, go ahead, Eric. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say it. I think a lot of it is kind of the managing expectations of the players. Like they under they need to understand or need to understand. It sounds harsh, but it's the mm -hmm. understanding of like, hey we're kind of just on a moving bus here and you can right. do whatever you want within the bus, but try not to leave the bus <laughs> as the story's <laughs> yeah, moving down the road without you. Uh, mostly because it's like, okay, as a DM, you plan like, like one to six hours of content, depending on how much time you have. And it's like, okay, the example from uh, your one shot patch, just like, yep, we, we take the drinks and, where the poison is setting in, and uh, one of our players, uh, Ryan, was just like, "Oh, I cast lesser restoration to cure this poison." It's just like, "Nope, that doesn't work." Well, <laughs> <And laughs> yeah, things just aren't and, gonna work. And, exactly. But, but that's that's some that's something that's like, okay, maybe there's a deeper meaning. Maybe maybe it's like, oh, you think it's poison, but it's not. But in a one shot, you just kind of have to be like, "Hey, this is the scene transition to get to." <laughs> yep. Certain things just don't. Well, exactly. And like I, I very much there are a few things I very much anticipated to happen. Like as soon yeah. as I said like, oh, the poison setting in, I know someone's going to cast less to restoration. And so, <laughs> and so, well, so while you guys are in the bar, you're approached by a mysterious figure who then says, "Hey, I have employers that want to use your talents, and those are the demigods that then suck you into this demi plane." Right. And you guys are like, "I don't know, like that sounds interesting." Well, like, let's get some more information. And it's like, well, the poison's already taking place. <laughs> Ryan casts less to restoration. And my, uh, the NPC remarks, that's funny. You think it's a normal poison. And yeah. so, like, I'd already anticipated it. And so, like, if you're DMing this properly, like, you should anticipate, like, a normal reaction to that. Right. And so, like, yeah, sometimes you're just like, ooh. And, like, you, like if you just get stuck in the moment of that, like, that DM one shot, you're like, ooh. <laughs> you might just have to you might just have to force it forward a little bit for the sake yeah. of the one shot, but try and anticipate just a normal player response that'll right. make it seem a lot more fluid and make that like setting a lot more contiguous. 
Sure, which I right. think I was able to do, at least in that situation. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to give too much away from because I actually plan on being the next person to run our one shot. Yeah. And I, I have it yeah. kind of in the works, and I've run this once before, so I don't want to give too many things away. But I definitely remember when I was building it, struggling with the, like, yeah, technically you can do anything you want. But, yeah. like, I'm telling you, go do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. please go that way because it's the only way – I have stuff, so you'll you're dead in any other direction. And I don't want to like metagame and just tell them that, but like, come on, like I'm giving right. you this scenario. Yep, you see nothing anywhere but this one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go and, that and, way. And maybe uh, if you're if you're playing with a group of people who have never done a one shot, I totally recommend just be like, hey, this is a one shot. It's only supposed to be three hours long. So, right. like, before the game starts, you're like, so we might not have time to do all kinds of nonsense. Or yeah. it, it might just be, like, instead of you talking to the random shopkeep for, uh, like, ad nauseum, I'll just start narrating the scene transition instead of like, <laughs> letting it go on yeah. and on and on. We're not looking for character development here, guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, so not like, gonna have, you're not going to have a character arc, okay? <laughs> and like, that actually came up at one point, uh, like a little bit when you guys were talking to some characters in our one shot. So to kind of set the scene, like when you guys were dropped into this village, like one of the first things you noticed, which is one of the, the instances of planar bleeding, is that there was a, a massive... So, <laughs> to, to give to lend some better example to that, so while these the demigods were giving examples of this planar bleeding to the player characters, they said that the uh, the the planar bleeding would be visible to the to the player characters since they are not from the plane. However, the native residents of the plane would not be able to see it. So, where a villagers might see like oh, like two dogs playing in a bush. While you see like two unicorns like fucking on a bed of magma, <laughs> that then then that just I made that up in the moment, and that just stuck. That was the <laughs> metaphor that stuck for the entire six hours we it. played. Yes, we were just like, got it. We're looking for two <laughs> unicorns. Fucking got it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crystal clear. Yeah. Crystal clear. Direction. Aye, aye, Captain. Yeah. So. <laughs> First thing they see, they're dropped into this village. They see a massive pink dragon on top of a building <laughs> asleep. And two villagers walk into the dragon's mouth. <laughs> yeah. And so in, in inside the dragon is the inn. So there's the inn inside the dragon. Oh, that's awesome. And I really, I thought you guys were going to go in there first. And so you guys were very leery about doing it. And so throughout different character interactions... I like when you talked like some guys around it, I like made some like suggestions like, oh, like, hey, like, let's like, oh, go get a drink or something like that. Or, like, hey, right. at one point I was like, <laughs> oh, you guys like help help the town. Let's get some drinks and like then walked inside the dragon. And so there's a way to do that. Like if your characters are kind of like, getting sidetracked, use the interactions that they are interacting with to try and direct them to where you need them to go yeah. within the elements that they're interacting with. To be fair, my character made it very clear early on that he did not drink alcohol. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> I wasn't part just, of well, his character quirk. Part of the thing was Will like was on point. Yeah, <laughs> unintentionally so. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to have to like fight that thing because I, I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if the villagers were 
like being legitimately just eaten by the dragon at first yep. and they're just like let's go in or something else like, like yeah by the time i joined up you were sending messages to someone inside the dragon's <laughs> belly so i had assumed that they were eaten and that like we weren't well, gonna go in there he's, he was responding to me and so i knew he was alive but i just wasn't sure what was going on yeah oh, so, okay. but he was he, in fact he was just inside a tavern <laughs> yep so maybe I could have made that more clear as a DM. So now that I have that in mind for the next one shot, if I do something... I mean, it's slightly what? my fault, right? Because I didn't understand the circumstances. Like, I had just shown up and they were like, yep. there's something in the dragon's belly. And I was like, what? Okay. Well, no, I <laughs> I love that part of it where we didn't really know what was going on. Because it's right. part of the, like, are we just going to go inside? Are we going to, like, provoke this dragon that we maybe have to fight? And, like, right, part right. of that is uh, is part of the fun. Yeah, it is funny trying to uh, discourage combat, right? That is something that (laughs) in in one-shots is is important. I mean, because it's not just like, you can't just have every scenario be, I fight it. Something's there and I punch it in the face and kill it. It's like, no, that's not going to solve all your problems. And I, I was really fighting the urge not to just fight everything because I haven't played a player for so long. And I built a, a kind of a combat-heavy character, uh, and I was just like, oh, I'm just going to fuck something up so bad. Yeah. Uh, and then I was just like, uh, but I don't, I don't want to fight yeah. this dragon if I'm not supposed to. Yeah, I think I tried to wire that into yeah. the actual like setting itself. Where I think that's also important too in the one shot is making it very clear about like what you should fight and what and you what shouldn't. Because like in a one shot, you're probably gonna have like maybe one small scuffle and one big combat. You know, I if think that's like, actually a, a question that is worth a little bit more conversation. Yeah, if about, we want to like, segue into that. Yeah, like combats and one shots because sure. combats, I think they take up the most time. Like you know time per like narrative it, it step. takes a long time yeah so if you if you only have like a one hour one and a half hour one shot you only have time one for combat. one combat <laughs> yeah minimum um yeah. it also depends on how high level the characters are because low level low level combats take much faster time than high yeah level right combats. Yeah, take as long. um but yeah you even if it's three to four hours you probably only have enough time for like two medium to high level combats not highly character level but if at that yeah right if that for sure Mm -hmm. but i want i also think it's worth pointing out encounters are kind of viewed the same way as combat so like if there's a puzzle they have to solve that kind of takes up your combat equity your 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 encounter equity because anything that takes a lot of like real world time to figure out is kind of lumped in with combats i think yep so yeah, so yeah, that really does base itself a lot on level because we were level twelve. So we were level, yeah, and uh, <laughs> man, was it eleven uh, yeah, or twelve? We should talk about 11. what what 11, levels okay. are normal for one shots. I don't know if there isn't a standardized like, oh yes, it's a one shot. You're all gonna always be this level. Um, mm-hmm. Ours was twelve, I think, because mostly because Eric convinced you to do something high level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I. Yeah. Re- I have never played a high level character. <laughs> so I'm always like, a DM. Make it high. Make it a so high I'm just level. Like, please, uh, double digits. Yeah. <laughs> I no, think, I think it, we were we were eleven, right? We were. 11. Yeah, we were eleven. Eleven. We were 11. That's what it was. Um, yeah, I think it kind of falls into like either all the, like us or mostly me <laughs> trying to be like, mm-hmm. I really want to play a high level character, and then you build yeah. the one shot around that, or kind of like what you are doing, Brett, with yours, which is like I am building 
it I built a thing, but it really only works for low levels because basically, or at yeah. least I can only understand how. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't have in mind like giant dragons who are gonna implore the world and yeah i don't i don't have the room for like level 15s i just i just don't yeah <laughs> it and, makes sense and also i think some circumstances or some like maybe not or not combat encounters but other problems that players have to solve they're they're easily solved but just be like oh yeah i'll just cast this spell right to, i'll cast telekinesis on the boulder to move it <laughs> right. you're looking for uh, yeah i want i want you guys to really think like yeah like, you don't have spells that just solve it for you it's like no you have right. to like, really we're, figure this shit yeah. out it's like oh my this is a dungeon crawl one shot and we're gonna be taking some hp so i don't want to fall into a pit and lose six of my like 35 hit points because that's a lot where there's right. like high level ones it's like if you lose 50 health points, like the Claris got heal. <laughs> yeah. You'll be right. You'll pop back, back up. So I guess, then, yeah, that's a good point to keep in mind too. So I guess like, so whatever level, I guess that's a discussion to have with your player characters too, based on the, what they want to get out of the one shot. Cause like Eric, you, you really want to play a high level character. Like I was originally planning to do like level six or seven, just cause I'm a somewhat, I'm like a moderately new DM. That's generally was a little more comfortable with. But at Eric's behest, I was like, you know what? Let's see what happens. Let's do it. And I was really happy with it, actually. It turned out well. So let's say just talk with your player characters, see what they want to do. And then keep that in mind that, like, kind of what Brett was saying, that that's going to impact the way the characters then interact with the world. Even through, like, you know, insight checks, perception checks. Right, they well, won't like, be as high. So exactly. And so then adjust that accordingly. Like, it, whether that be how quickly the combat solved all the way to how quickly they're going to solve the riddles. And so make that feasible and make that attainable for them to have alternate options. So if they don't solve the riddle. What's another way that they can, that yeah. they can still progress the story forward. That's fair. Yeah, also, yeah. Uh, we can compare it to Eric's. You just ran a one shot with us at we were level 17. Yeah. yeah we were I crazy high. high. And that one, yeah. And you that were, was, you weren't in this one, Pat. I was not sad. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and that one, uh, was almost all combat. I mean, it was just like, we want to be level 17 because we're going to throw like a crazy boss. At just it. nuts <laughs> like, stuff. It's like, like, yeah, like casting spells. We're just going to be, everything's going to be messed. Yeah. Everything is going to be high rolls. And yeah, we're just, we're just going to do this. And that's when you guys were like fifth level, I think, in the normal campaign. So it's just like, yeah, right. here's the apex <laughs> of D&D, slinging ninth level spells, fight like people are just like casting finger of death at will. It's just yep. like, better come prepare. Yeah. So that was another example. I think definitely for a 17th level one shot, the higher you get, I want to say like, you get more focused on the combat side, right? Because those yep. smaller puzzles and whatnot in the real world is solved again. Like we mentioned, it's just these high level spells. You're just like, oh, I'll snap my fingers and it's done. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm going to like, oh, you see, you have to traverse this like this mountain, like get over this mountainous uh, like river of lava. I know I said mountainous and river in the same descriptive sentence. That doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, this uh, incredibly large river of lava. And it's like, okay, I'm going to teleport us. Yeah, I teleport all six of us. All six of us across. Yep. What else do you got? You're like, ah. <laughs> all right. And, and also, I wanted to, like, I was looking at these CR, like, 21 creatures. I was like, 
this would be fun to use. <laughs> I want to use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You get to use the, yeah, the more cool creatures that are, you are never seen in a normal campaign. Cause it would just kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one thing I also kind of want to talk about is, um, we've really only been talking about one shots with like new characters, maybe new DMS, but a really popular version of one shots is like one shots in Canada. Oh, true. Which we also yep. did. Uh, right. with, well, sort of in canon, right? actually in quotations, but we, you kind of did just say like, yeah, except the, yeah, <laughs> those yeah, things yeah. are still involved. But yeah, right. we did a, a seafaring one, right? You kind of yep. portaled us into a, a seafaring adventure. Yeah, I, I was just basically like, you all wake up in a ship and you're manacled in the brig. And that's basically you just be like, accept your fate that you are here now. Uh, right, that <laughs> right, right. That's so how it fun. begins. Like, there's no other explanation. This is, you're here now. Yeah, and there was a uh, yeah, and it, I just kind of you could just do wacky stuff that doesn't make any sense or doesn't have any like game rule specific things where I was just like, and there's a portal that opens, and now you're in a alien office space, and you have to traverse the the perils of you know uh, interplanar DMV. That was that the was, same one where we met Xanathar, right? And we had to fight each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah, yeah that not cool. going to lie, that, that <laughs> office space section is like one of my favorite moments we've had. Oh, really? Nice. That was so entertaining. Oh, yeah. after the fight, right? When we were on our Yeah, way back. after the ship battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the ship battle. Then you went. And I had like a whole other section in that office space planned. Oh, out. man. I wish we had. Really? Been. Oh, wow. And I was just like. Nope, you just find out, find the uh, like garbage chute to the next space. Because <laughs> I really wanted to get into the, the PvP. Fight. Yep. Oh, okay. PvP came after that. After mm-hmm. the office space. Yep. Oh, I, th- I thought the yeah. office space came after, which was uh, shipping us back to our plane. Uh, you might have walked through the office space on the way back. I forget off the top of my head. I forget, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> but, oh, that was great. That was a yeah. good one shot. Yeah, that fun yeah. way to get your party to fight each other. <laughs> just yeah, like, I was just like, this will be fun. And uh, yeah, although I made sure there was like an overbeing, I chose Xanathar just to be like, hey, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about dying. Or don't yeah. worry about yeah. using yeah. stuff. It'll all be good. Um, yeah, that was fun. Um, there was also kind of like a one shot esque thing I made because we had originally planned on doing the. Uh, the finale of Curse of Strahd is an in-person game that didn't, didn't end up working out. So I wrote kind of like this mini quest, which in uh, Curse of Strahd, there's this like this uh, mad mage up at the top of the mountain who's who is kind of crazy. Um, so I was saying like in this intermediary time for while you're like prepping to storm the castle, uh, he asked for some help to go find his name because no, no one, no yep. one got we called him actual, Frank. Yeah, he called him Frank, yep. but that wasn't his name. So I built this like in canon one shot that you had to like delve in his uh, his his mansion, like Wizard's Tower, uh, to go search for it. And that one, if you died in then, you still would have died. And <laughs> but wasn't quite yeah. a one shot. No, <laughs> but I like gave you guys like potions of revivification and stuff. So it's like it would have been pretty hard to to. To die in that, but that was, yeah. So you can do you can work one shots into anything. Like even this this previous arc we were on, even though it lasted two or three sessions, it was kind of like one shot esque in this like little uh, the Shio Goreth Temple mini arc. 
Oh, that's yep. true. That could have been a one shot. Absolutely. Yeah. Where we mm-hmm. kind of went through the three. Se- right. I mean, even in anyone's general campaign, right? You, you figure you could break it up into all small sections. They're all essentially what we're doing one shot after one shot. It was essentially. Yeah, yeah, really. exactly. That's just kind yep. of how it works. Uh, I was, I, I put up the topic though. Are one shots just a glorified dungeon, right? Is it, is it just dungeon from the start to finish? I mean, cause it is going to finish. Yeah, it does. I feel like it does has that feel because it's like in uh, it, for a dungeon, you know, it's it starts when you enter the dungeon. It stops it when, when you finish. You leave the dungeon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So one shot. Yeah, it does have that feel where it's like this is the beginning of the story. This is the end. But it, yeah, no, like there will definitely like you'll be a, a few differences and whatnot, because like there's going to be, a, you know, like the certain dungeon you're going into, you know, it's all have like a general theme. But I know like one one shot I did with a couple of other my other friends. We did with the, uh, what was the campaign launch? Oh, the uh, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and mm-hmm. so we and all you said you were all witches. Yeah, we were we were all witches. It was yeah, it was, it, this was a Halloween one shot. Yeah, awesome. That's cool. And so yeah, that's where like it'll it'll differ from like a dungeon within a campaign because obviously you know you're gonna have your different party comp. Yeah, for and, one like that, can I ask you when you were all witches, were you given a character sheet then to go off of? Like you weren't able to design anything or. Yeah, so we're all the same class, but then we we designed it differently. So we all had oh. actually we ended up being pretty much all the same subclass of witch, just so we could all use our different like coven abilities, which is what they were. And our main differences were just in our different races, actually. Hmm. So we ended up all yeah, so it was just in the races and then the spells we chose, which right. actually made it a little different. Yeah, I bet though the you kind of hit on something, and and Brett, you also kind of mentioned this, but one shots are very popular, like theme uh, stories where exactly. Christmas time, Christmas one shot, yeah, holidays, Halloween <laughs> one shot. Uh, yeah. Everyone's together. We're just gonna do like we're all bards this time, baby. Like go after it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it could be fun that way. You're, you're a bunch like, of you're a bunch of Christmas caroling bards. Go <laughs> basically, yeah, and you can just yeah. have weird stuff happen where like no one would really. Or I don't say nobody, but it'd be pretty hard to 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 build a campaign based on everybody with with the same strengths and the same weaknesses as a class. But yeah, for a one yeah, shot, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, right. You can't go on doing a whole campaign with <laughs> you're all bards. Uh, oh god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this won't go you're well. You're <laughs> <laughs> you have four party members and you're all bards. That that I don't think you'll do very well. I don't well. think you'll do. Well. Be, you'll all your bonus <laughs> action economy though. Uh, oh, boy. everyone's inspired at everyone's all like, times we're, we're gonna die but we're gonna feel great about it <laughs> i'm gonna be doing awesome dying uh what other subject is is items right items, items either yes. given to you during the one shot because you could make them anything you freaking want right these aren't items yep. that are going to stick around forever so give them that sword that blasts something to oblivion why not <laughs> yeah like the one time you can yep, give it yeah. to them. why not yeah. So, Pat. well, let's bring this up. So you guys yeah, will well, love so, But Pat did give us items, right? He allowed yes. us to choose very rare items. Not my so, first. Well, with a little asterisk there. So we're okay. all level what 11. Was, so what was your what was your criterion? So I let you all guys choose three of the following four options. So you get to choose uh, a very rare, rare, uncommon, or common. So you, you pick three of those four categories and you get one. Okay. Right. Uh, well, like one from each of the three you chose. Right. So usually you'd pick one very rare, one rare, one uncommon. Yeah. 
And but lots like, hey, run it by the DM though, because there are some. As you know, and so Eric, being the most experienced player among the group, obviously you know wanted to test the limits a little bit. I was like, hey, can, can I have this? What was it? It was like a staff of power or something. It was. I think stupid. so. And I was like. And so, then, yeah, this is where, like, the, the, cause you want your one shot, obviously, you want your one shot to be fun. You want, like, yeah, okay, like, let your characters have fun. If they do something wild that kind of breaks it a little bit, sure. But there's gonna be a little, like, you know, a little QC, like, yeah, quality control here, you know? Yeah. And so, Sam Power is super powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so I was yeah, like, it allows maybe- you to cast Cone of Cold, Fireball. Gives you invulnerability, hold monster, levitate, lightning yeah. bolt. <laughs> and so then like, it also, he can travel to a 50% chance to travel, instantly travel to a random plane of existence. <laughs> yep. And also, it gives me like plus two to AC, plus two to my uh, damage rolls. Just all saving throws. Saving throws. <laughs> exactly. So. That's pretty powerful. Recommendation out there is definitely like have your players screen it by you if you're DMing a one shot. Because you don't want that to happen. And like, oh, you're facing down the big bad boss. And he goes, hold monster. And you're like, okay, well, there's a legendary resistance gone. Okay. Like, and I didn't have to use any of my spells or anything. And no spells. And it's just, yeah, you just definitely need that little bit of quality control. Yeah. You gave, like, it also ended up biting you in the butt because you gave uh, Ryan uh, uncritable armor. <laughs> well. That was hilarious. We're not going to talk about that. We got but. so we we were just clowning on this this monster for no reason. It was just I'm so assuming loud. that was a very rare piece of armor, right? I mean, it, it literally it did not allow him to take crits. I think it was just rare. It was just like I think it was just rare armor. Yeah. it doesn't do anything oh other than that. Which, yeah, it just so happens like all three crits that the monster ro- rolled. Yeah, so against the this particular. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they. So this is the 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 BBEG at the end, the end combat. They rolled. So this was they had. It was a rogue, rogue paladin hybrid, sorcerer, yeah. and artificer against my like big samurai like bad enemy right and he was so a frog right he was, some he, he was yeah, a toad was a, toad samurai, a toad samurai. <laughs> yeah the most fearsome warriors so yeah so miles pure rogue rolls the first crit <laughs> then brett paladin rogue rolls the next crit same combat does divine smite level three and then just, he just picks up the dice and just just a cascade of dice then it goes like another roll round of combat brett crits again another third level divine <laughs> Two smite. In a row, baby. yeah and then like i also land three crits all against ryan the artificer he just happened to be within melee range but he has the adamantine armor which prevents crits and i've never been more furious at someone in my life i know i was i the whole time i was thinking like Thank God it wasn't to my guy. <laughs> it just, yeah. I'd be so bad. I'd be like... The, the, the DM's curse was yes. was heavy that day. They're in force. Yes. Well, well I, I definitely... I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was so much fun just having access to a rare item that normally, yeah. you know, you're not going to expect to have these in any of your campaigns. And just the fact that from the start of a one-shot, you could be like, go ahead and choose whatever you guys want and, and, and yeah. have it work with your character. And I know I, that my item, I chose the uh, Rod of Alertness, and it was so much fun to use yeah. this thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really, it was, it was it good was a, too. It we was really up, good. We ended up stacking like, like AC, like crazy. AC. Oh my god, I had like a yeah. twenty-eight because yeah, the, I had twin casted haste on both of the ro- or mm-hmm. 
Rogue with Miles and then Brett the Rogue Paladin so they could have an extra attack. Yep. And plus two yeah. AC and everything. So yeah, you had a lot of AC buffs. You had a lot of saving throw buffs, which was very big in this boss because yep. he had... I, I like planned it so he had everything but intelligence saving throws. Everything else he could make you roll saving throws. And so, like, yeah. even though obviously I was frustrated in the moment against Ryan and everything, like... That's that's like something you want the player to feel powerful during the one shot too. <laughs> right. So like, I, that's great. Like that was probably great for Ryan, you know. Oh yeah. And like, boy, this armor was yeah. Godsend. Like that's the joy of the one shot. You want your characters to really enjoy it. So while I'm like, man, I wish like I landed that crit. It's like, but that's the thing. It's it's for your characters to enjoy. Yeah, it's and very like, much the DM's dilemma where it's like you put a lot of work into something, so you want to succeed. But the realization that you in combat failing is the succession of exactly, the one yeah. shot. Um, man, yeah, I, I will say uh, on items, though, um, one thing that... So in our normal campaign, we're around the same level. I think we were level 12 at that point. So it might be easy to yeah. be like, oh, well, let's just look to see how like what the rarity of items that the players have to, as, a, as a template, which is, is good. Um, and like the dungeon master's guide has kind of loose framework for like how, what, for every rarity, like you should have and, and, uh, at what level, but choosing your items is much better than just finding them along the way exactly in a, as a, in a campaign. So it is, it is just a little bit stronger, just a word of caution out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way I forget if I if I suggested the method of choosing items or or you you told us just what to do. But another popular thing that uh, I've employed in the non-canon one shots is like a point system. Hmm. It's 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 basically the same thing as the rarity thing, but uh, like in the level seventeen one shot, I was like, okay, I forget the number, but it was like you get like like nine points to spend and like legendary items are four points very rare items are three points and then uncommon and common items are like one point or something so it'd be like man if you want two legendary items and and an uncommon one go for it or you could be like okay i'm just gonna get really fit myself out with like three very rare items and i'm just gonna be loaded or something like that i forget what the points breakdown was but you kind of figure out, so you kind of give players a choice where like, well, I really just want to boost my like difficulty class as a caster. But other than that, like I just want a bunch of stuff to cast more spells because I'm warlock or something. Right. I, I, I like that system. That would have been, yeah. Again, of course that all goes down to like, again, how you want to balance it out. And mm-hmm. it's just like two different ways to do it. I think that would have been really interesting to try that out too. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, it, it's, there's all different kinds of ways to balance it yeah. out. Yeah, or or just not, you don't even have to do it from the onset. Like I said, you might as well like throughout the one shot itself reward players who are looking around. Right? Like, yep. There's a giant sword on the wall, and the guys like oh, I'm gonna take it. <laughs> Why yeah, not? yeah. It's a one shot. <laughs> I, I was kind of fishing around for that in the uh, in the uh, um, workshop scene. I was like, yeah, was there anything yeah. cool? Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Might as well. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Like, why not? They're about to go fight the big guy, see if there's something. I don't know. Yep. Uh, just trying to think of something else. But do you want to go on to like one of the more fun things I think about one shots is that 
from a DM perspective, you can kind of go ham on your players a little bit. So you, yeah. as a DM, oh, yeah. get to really like just crack your knuckles and be like, I'm going to kill somebody maybe. <laughs> just like, <laughs> because it's a one shot. Oh, so yeah. for the players, you get to be super powerful. But also, just because you're the DM doesn't mean you can't have some fun by yourself. <laughs> um, because in the level 17 one, I killed uh, Ryan's character with uh, Finger of Death. Yeah. And so I just, just raised him back up, and now he's on my team. <laughs> just like, and then he was fighting now. for him. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that was freaking nuts. That was wild. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you guys handle character death in general? Uh, do, do you try and keep him playing right like i guess eric kind of his solution around it was all right instant revive and you're on my side now go (laughs) yeah basically it's yeah it's hard like in lower levels you have to worry about this more than higher levels but you don't want it to be at the beginning of the fight because yeah (laughs) then it's just somebody watching all their friends have a lot of fun and that just sucks right it's it (laughs) i will say it's like pretty difficult to die in dnd Right? Like you, you get a lot of chances. <laughs> you do get it. Yeah, the dice is stacked. Except for our barbarian friend, which I, by the way, as a DM, take great pride in killing the barbarians <laughs> as yeah. much as I Speaking can. Speaking from, so in our last two sessions that we've played, I've died. Well, I have potentially dropped to zero hit points. I think it was seven times. And I've actually died and then got revivified by our cleric. Yeah. So seven times. In, across two combats so it's relentless rage the warlock having my name in his book and then just give the protector's ability yeah, yeah it's 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 stressful oh it's so much fun but apparently you don't know how to make death saving rolls no you're so not. yeah that was uh because they give you a chance to survive you all you have to do is roll three above ten before you roll yeah. brett we're not going to talk about that <laughs> it's all you have to do so well, that was the, my uh, to, to in in Pat's defense, the second time he died, or the 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 time he died uh, in the previous comment that he was talking about, I it was I had set up this fun little like PvP esque thing where there were like alignment reversed versions of the party that were they were fighting against, mm-hmm. and um, the evil uh, paladin. Once the once the barbarian went down, he had no mercy. I was just like, yeah, he stabbed me on the ground, so I failed two automatically. Yeah, and then I was just like, so I was already. Gonna, and I'm just gonna let him sweat about it. <laughs> I have to roll one to try to survive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that, that fact, fun. but that's still yeah. really funny. It's rough yeah. out there. It's the meat shield, all right. <laughs> Tip well, your barbarian. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, I, I'm, I'll go into that at the end of the at the end of this. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I'd say, like, yeah. As far as like with with character death, either like tie tie in a way to like, because like right right in the beginning, because like before we started, like Eric, you asked because I think you had the ability to cast revivify. Okay, uh-huh. am I going to worry about like material components? And I was like, there, there will be a chance for you to like get those components. Like, I'll tie it in. Like. Like, give the characters opportunities to be able to, like, either revive their down teammates. Like, in your one shot, you gave us, like, potions of invulnerability. You know? Give, like, a, at least, like, give them, like, a little bubble of protection. But, like, don't, like, hold their hands. Or, like, because if one of you guys, like, perma died, I was going to have you brought back into the demiplane and have, like, the de- like the demigods, like, make fun of you before, like, sending you back. It's like, yeah, we pretty, pretty much control fair. your soul. Yeah. And so, like, like tie it in, like, 
don't just be like, oh, well, you pray to your god and suddenly you do rot. Like, don't, don't make it, like, cheesy. Like, you know, protect your characters a little bit. But if they do yeah. die, at least try and, like, tie into the story. So, like, that they do somehow come back. Or, like, if you want to be that guy, like, know that you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, like, so, I think some people that's totally fine with. Like, yeah. if I died, I'd be... I'd be pissed, but I've been like, uh, I'd be mad at me for not playing well yeah. enough to die. Um, and also just like general party composition, like you're pr- it, especially at higher levels. You're probably going to have somebody with a revivify, like high, exactly. high level D and D. It takes more than just dropping to zero hit points a couple times to kill somebody. Yeah. Um, higher but, level, but at lower level, a yeah, lot of these one shots though. Rough. Yeah. We're talking about level three campaigns. I mean, it, yep. and at those really low levels, I mean, like we've talked about one hit could kill you. Yeah, <laughs> one shot. Yeah. <laughs> I have all the specs, eight pages of gritty, dark backstory. Oh, Damn. the goblet crit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the first goblet I see crit me. Uh, I'm down. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, character deaths are are interesting. I I am a big fan of having an evil NPC sticking around to that the player can like. That's a great. That's like that's bigger. great. Great way to keep that. characters like engaged in the combat and like fighting against the actual player character. That, that's awesome. I think that's great. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Was fun actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's a one shot. So like. You just need to have everybody have a good time. Like, that's what yeah. that's still Exactly. They're there just mm-hmm. to use their character, not to mm-hmm. save some righteous thing that they were trying. You know? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, this is all important. No, I must be on my guy's side. No. <laughs> <Tell me laughs> yeah. Uh, I see on this list, boss fights uh, is another topic. I, I think one-shots are just a fantastic way to... Uh, test out your skills at uh, creating bosses because that can be some of the most intimidating aspects I think of DMing. Like for me, it definitely was where it's just like, I need to create my own homebrew creature or like choosing a creature from the monster manual or Tomophos or something. And it's just like, I don't like, I want this to be rewarding in victory. I don't want it to be too, slanted either way but one shots you kind of get a freebie where you can just be like this is what i think it should be but let's like push the power level up a little bit yeah and like let's give him like 200 extra hp which is a higher level uh full party fights that should be your minimum of what you're buffing these monsters yeah you, <laughs> so, you gotta yeah. really you gotta really juice <laughs> yep. up the hp pool yeah. because you, yep. you, you don't want this th- you know you don't want a person not to get a, a roll <laughs> because yeah. the first paladin yeah. to strike him did 80 damage like i did exactly uh, on my crit it was like okay we can't just have the boss fight and now i, I swung once i mean like <laughs> right it's, yeah, it's unsatisfying for everybody uh, yeah. how, how yeah. much how many hit points did our uh big bad yeah, and this so, is for a party of, what, four? It's a party of four guys. Party four, of four at like, level 11. 11. So, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought this up, Eric, because I did want to touch on this a little bit. So now we can peel back the curtain, so yes. so, so to speak. <laughs> so he started with 235 hit points. Doesn't sound However, like <laughs> right around 50, I uh, gave him another 100. Uh, just to kind of bump it up a little bit, you know. After the first crit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, after the first I knew crit. I knew I was gonna probably have to after those first two crits, <laughs> but 
again, I didn't want I didn't want to drag the combat. But I was like, I, he needs a little more because I want like to do more cool stuff. Yeah, you need at least. I mean, it's a legendary person, right? Typically, yeah. what you need at least three rounds, right, to get through the yeah. legendary actions and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need so. Them. Yeah, and like so, this is always something like yeah, you want to yeah, like just like you were saying here, you want you want to make it rewarding for both the DM and the player. Like, because my boss, I completely homebrewed. Like, right. I took the it was like, a really very, cool boss too. Yeah, it was cool. I like I like the layer actions. Yeah fan of the bosses and all his legendary actions. It was fun. Yeah, so, which is great, because, like, I, I appreciate that, like, none of you guys have played Sekiro or, like, the, the, the Dark Souls games, because he was 100% based off of Sekiro. All uh, his abilities, like, uh, yeah, all his, like, cool. yeah, all his abilities just completely taken from that game. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you, no shame. You, you no gotta, shame. You gotta steal. <laughs> yeah. And so... Yeah, I like adapted it into what I thought would be like appropriate, and like even the damage I calculated over what I thought would be appropriate was not enough. Not gonna lie, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I should have like given like, oh, that should have been like forty six instead of two d six. That should have yeah. been like seventy six instead of five d six. Like, I like definitely didn't push it hard enough. Sure, I think it was. I hope it was a rewarding combat. I, I mean, I, I had no I, idea how much damage I was going to do. I had yeah. no idea. I had exactly. never played a Paladin Rogue. I had never seen a level 11 Paladin Rogue. Yeah. I, I had no idea what I was about to do. And I just rolled mm. the dice. It told me to roll. And I was like, holy God. Yeah. That's insane. And you're just like, right. Is this what you feel like all the time? <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, Eric, you gave him a hammer that's given him like a plus 10 to hit. So you better accept yeah. your punishment. Oh, no, I know. And then it's a... Uh, yeah, I there was story for the podcast. Because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I was because like you want to balance it out, obviously. Because like you can't anticipate the players critting, you can't anticipate you critting. But, like definitely, even like with this one, I definitely should have pushed it even a little more, especially with a one shot. Right, but but now you know for like high exactly. level, hey, you're, you could be like, you're... just kill them, just kill just the player, just nuts. do it. It's not whatever yeah. you're thinking. Unless you're like, my player is a level seven. Here's an ancient red drag. Unless you're like, yeah. if you think, oh, I don't know, just yeah, do it. Now, Pat, what? Even, though, even though we beat that boss pretty easily, you did design a creature that I don't think we could have um, ever messed with. That that phase beast? Oh, yeah. That thing like obliterated I, us. I... I, I so was that based on an actual creature, or were you just like it has plus ten to everything? And... So this was so this was kind of like tying back with the how to encourage not to fight something exactly with the <laughs> world building. Here's how you do that exactly because like you could have like a menacing threat in the world, and obviously your characters would be like, we could take him. We're level eleven at least in our campaign. Or what I did. Know. I was like, yeah. I don't care. I, oh, like, yeah, the party did. The yeah. whole party thought that they were going to fight this thing. I, so, I kind of knew walking up to it that I wasn't going to. Yeah. Which is, so, thank God I was the one to approach it, because otherwise we would have gone to a full-out uh-huh. mess. So, oh, the ultimate- if, if it was me, I definitely would have done it. Just just also <laughs> that my character was just like, I just want to cast this. <laughs> yeah. Thank God it was me. Yeah. So, the, the characters had been investigating uh, an old lady, Mrs. Pip Whistle, has her cat missing. <laughs> and due to odd planar bleeding, they go investigating the forest to try and find it. And they come across this large cat beast, uh, like, sitting on top of this pile of bones in the woods. And they're not sure if that is the cat due to the planar bleeding or what's going on. 
And so they're like, let's try and attack it. I'm like, yes. I tried uh, that's to not, attack that's it. That's not what we tried to do. I, I convinced us not to try and attack it. Remember? So I actually walked well, okay, up to that's it true. Yeah, yeah. talked to it. I, I was going to go see if that's it was going to follow us home. And I brought the – it was a bed. I brought him something. Not nothing he was interested in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had I had prepared an action, or if he gets swiped at, yeah, to, to then like yeah, you and Miles with held actions, yeah. yeah, both of you and did. So, so I ended up getting swiped, and I mean, it literally took me from full health to uh, I think a fourth of my health. Like it, yeah. it did three fourths of my health in a single swipe, and it wasn't even trying. Well, it was three. It was, it was three just, attacks. It was three. Yeah. Attacks, yeah. <laughs> So I I made it it gave it like a, like because it was like a nether beast I gave it like a ranged like nether strike, but it was based off a Tarasque stack block. Ah, oh Jesus, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically I was fighting a Tarasque. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but, but you did a, well. you did a couple things which um was the clue to not attack this thing because it's too overwhelmingly yeah. powerful. The first one was you didn't ask people to roll initiative as soon as we yeah. attacked it, yeah. which is. Mm-hmm. You, if you're a player and you're just like it means it's go that's, time. that means that's yeah it's go time so if mm-hmm. it's not initiative it's just like your de- that's a hint to be like maybe this isn't mm-hmm. an actual yeah, combat yeah. scenario hmm, maybe um, don't fight the other thing was after we attacked it it didn't like pounce at us it didn't pursue the combat it yeah didn't pursue it just the combat. It swiped at brett and it was like mm, it's gonna sit it like lounges back yeah. down I yeah. thought I thought because of how it looked, which was like you know not a good not a good way, but I I wasn't sure if uh, this was just like one of the high level sphinxes, yeah, or gyno sphinx or something. I forget which one's the higher one, but that's in my head. That's what I thought it was. So I was like, eh, <laughs> we could be interesting, <laughs> and then we could yeah. run away. I mean, I, I, my health was already gone, so I knew I wasn't going to fight the thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I was uh, a little done with it. Terras, we uh, yeah, no. That that's not what we were able. To, they, but it worked out. I mean, then you know we figured out kind of. <laughs> it was funny how you had to lead us on to like, yes, that instinct was a good instinct, right? Like as soon as I said yeah. something that was like sort of on track, you're like, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this you was will like, die. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like that was a little moment because you guys were kind of trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, at this point, right? This thing just struck yeah, me. Because you guys like, what's going on? To fight it. But we have to do something about it. Can't just leave the cat there. And so this was like a moment where you weren't quite sure. And then Brett, I think it was you. You're like, maybe we should feed it something. Right. And then I was inspecting the bones that it was sitting on. And And yeah. It all worked And this is where I whispered to Brett in the the, the Royal 20 chat. Oh, okay. So not going to lie. This was an actual, I forgot to mention this while you were talking to Mrs. Pippet Whistle. (laughs) So I was like, ooh, I need to. Make up, but for we this got place. on track the right way, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I because I, I I meant to have her mention that, like, to lure the cat back. Oh, like, oh, the cat loves tuna or eel uh, or okay, like yeah. a fish. I no, forgot to mention that. I thought it was totally fine that you didn't mention that. By the yeah, way, yeah, no, because, because the clues were there. Exactly, the clues, they the were, clues were there, and also we could have been like, "Is there anything we can do to lure it back in?" And that right. and that would have been you'd be like, "Well." It, it likes it this honestly food. worked out better. Got it. Because yeah. after 
it's right as soon as you saw like there are shark bones there i was just immediately i knew what we were supposed to do yeah <laughs> just like, like i yeah. got oh, it we, we got it right we because got it i there you go i threw a horse at it and then it was just like <laughs> i'm not interested in this horse <laughs> it killed the horse but not just, <laughs> just the yeah. casual threw horse at it yeah know. it was mm-hmm. it was my uh I, I didn't get to use any of those doors from the robo useful things that's my biggest <laughs> regret yeah, I was thinking about doors. using a door to prop open the dragon's mouth. I didn't think that. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah. that dragon's mouth technically was a door. Right? It was it, already. It was a door, a door to the it end. It was a little yep. door already. So, mm-hmm. and I, I'm glad. I'm glad you let me have my just at the end of the one shot. I was like, actually, before this, because in my, I I have so many random characters bouncing around my head for like uh-huh. actual campaigns. These one shot characters actually have like a, a backstory to them so yeah. one of the characters in the uh in the inn or one of the npcs in the end i should say uh was like racist against dwarves and in my backstory uh, yeah and he had a yes. german accent and everything yeah. <laughs> it's just like ah oh. <laughs> the, 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 this guy's a nazi and the dwarves are <laughs> um so I was just like, oh, I'm going to kill. As soon as he started talking about it, I was like, I need to find a way to kill this guy. Yep. <laughs> so when Even though it's back, not part of this. I need yeah, to. I was be like, can yep. I just cone of cold? Because I hadn't used my my fifth level spell slot mm-hmm. yet into the thing. Um, it obviously would have killed everybody in there. But yep. then it was counterspelled. <laughs> and I was like, sorcerers are bullshit. So I'm just going to kill him anyway. Even though uh, <laughs> we don't have my turn. Yeah, and like that, I was like, I probably, I was thinking about that interaction actually later. I'm like, you know what? I should have been like, you know what? Just do it. It's the end of the one shot. <laughs> well, like there were like high, there were like there was yeah, like a high level monk. There was like a high level like other like like knight with him. Like they would have responded. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's keep some realism. But in reality, it's a one shot. It was the end. I should have been like, you know what? No, it was, it was burn the end down. <laughs> burn the yeah. end down. It's yeah. all coming down. It's all coming down. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't oppress the issue if uh, if it was too much, but. I would have been mm-hmm. like, I would have logged that back in my head and just been like, I'm going to come back here and kill every single person in this bar now. Everyone in the end was fine. Just <laughs> just the yeah. racist barkeep. I, my, that guy was not very smart. So he probably would have been like, you're all in league. <laughs> you're all dead. Now, we we uh, we actually did a pretty normal, I think we we're all pretty into D&D and so we didn't go too out of the bounds. But what would you okay. say to like someone wanting to choose like, you know, a crazy race that they've never gotten to be before. Like, would you have just been like, cool? Like, yeah, you want to be a, a merfolk, go for it. Like a mermaid person, go oh, ahead. Yeah. So yeah, like for, for this one shot, I was like, hey guys, Anything. play whatever you want. Sure. I was like, unearth the arcana, like do it any race you want and I'll I'll figure it out. Like, obviously don't, don't like homebrew a crazy race. But <laughs> okay. That's yeah. that's the limit. That's the that's yeah. The, so <laughs> my race just gets a plus three to every. Action. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously it comes down to what you want to do, but I for at least our one shot. I just want to have some fun, especially like with the planar bleeding. It was a very malleable setting, and I was like, I hey. want to say I was the only one that went with an exotic race. Right, everyone else was in the common. Let's I see, was yeah. a, I was an Asimar. You were oh, you were? Yeah, I thought yeah. you were a gnome, dude. I don't know why. I was like, no, I Miles was, was like six. Miles months. was halfling. Okay. Yeah, Miles was a no, halfling. Oh, Ryan. Oh, was Ryan? Ryan? Ryan was a gnome. Okay, that no, sorry, you're right. Yes, Ryan yeah. was the gnome. Eric yes. was Asimar, and you were like, football. You were pretty, yeah, like out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also we know each other all pretty well. 
So it, yeah. if yeah, and when we gave you our character sheets, you could have been like, no to this, and then we'd have been like, okay, figure yeah, out. Yeah, we'll else. move on. Yeah, like, oh, you yeah. don't want me to be the Warforged? Fine, I'll do Yeah. That. Actually, we had a Warforged there, too. It wasn't ours, right? Yours was It wasn't. It was my, my Warforged. I yeah. love that character. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was German, too. How many Germans do you no, have? He was, in he, was, he was Russian. <laughs> he was Russian. He was Russian. Russian. He was Russian. Thank you. <laughs> Russian um, Warforged. One, one thing I wanted to ask you this, Pat, because now okay. you have, because you DM... Uh, a normal campaign with yes. another group who's obviously very nice, but not as good as us. Not as awesome as us. Uh, I This is in the public domain. I make no comment. <laughs> so we'll just assume that gets consent to that statement. <laughs> Do uh, they listen to our D&D podcast? Uh, yes, of course. Good. That's the correct answer. <laughs> can't see. I'm winking. I'm coming on after that group. Roll for deception. Pat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but um, somebody, and you said this was like your first one shot, right? To to yeah, first DM one shot. Yep. What was like the biggest difference that you found when like prepping for this versus Ooh. like doing your normal prep work? I think. Because like a lot of what I do for my my regular campaign, so that that's the Innistrad campaign I'm doing, is that's like long game storytelling. Because like like when you're writing a book, you know, you're like, okay, hey, how can I foreshadow this? You know, like oh, this one interaction they have with this mayor in this town, he's going to talk about oh, there's like a cultist problem, and that's going to show up three sessions later. So it's a lot of like, it's a lot of foreshadowing and making sure that just the story is tight. It's so like. Making sure that the yeah that story is is good and it ties in with the setting and that there's foreshadowing so everything just flows well and it makes sense so that there's like strong characters fitting into a natural setting that is not just intrinsically engaging mm-hmm. so it's pretty much like you're just like pretty much reading a book pretty much but then what I really wanted to focus on in the the one shot was like like an like interoperability almost so to speak it's like give you a certain, like, there are four scenarios, like, it was like, what I did was like, okay, there are a certain number of scenarios you need to solve. Uh-huh. And how can you do it? It's like, okay, well, if you go to this scenario, you can, like, you can do X, Y, or Z. And if you do X, Y, or Z, how will that impact scenario two? And right. scenario three and scenario four. And if you do X, it makes it makes scenario two easier, it makes scenario three harder. <laughs> and so... You're trying to make the dominoes fall. Exactly. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so you were more coming at it like the difference from a narrative perspective. Say like, hey, yeah. I, we're just going to do like this short, not, I don't want to say shallow because that sounds like has like a negative connotation to it, but that's what it is. You only have a certain yeah. amount of, of content to, 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 to go through. Right. Um, for me, I found the most challenging difference was I had to actually like think about scene flow and structure of combats and stuff and Mm -hmm. in the the how to limit player agency because that's that's essentially what you're doing by uh by like forcing something without putting like much thought in it like like with the poison example like that could easily work in a normal campaign but in a one shot it just it's different flavor because it's just like hey this is this is this is the preamble to the actual adventure so we just need to get going um yeah that's that's what i found the most uh most 
like in a normal campaign, you can just let your players do whatever they want. And if they, mm-hmm. they are running up the wrong tree for eight hours of game time, then that's yep. fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause then it's really on you to then incorporate that into the story. Right. You know? Exactly. Like yeah, make that said, into an arc. Yeah. Like someone fixates or something like in uh, this, our, <laughs> in our previous or in the real campaign, I know basically the whole, <laughs> this previous like five sessions of content was basically like, Brett wanted to play a new character. How do we, and, and uh, to kind of back up a little bit, our campaign is a very like immersive narrative focused uh, campaign uh, as far as like driving the story. So we could have just been like, this new character is part of your party. Now everyone ignore no. the fact that they just showed up. Yeah. But yeah. We wanted to role play the, this new character ingratiating themselves in the party. So we had to figure out a way like, Brett and I, we had to figure out a way to be like, okay, how is this going to work out? Um, and then we came up with together the this this idea of him like helping uh, uh, um, Rook out with this cursed sword that he uh, he has right. found himself. Because he clearly had a problem that he had no idea to solve. Right. So we figured out. Now we now that was the whole thing, which just ended. Um, and now I feel like Jack is fully yeah. in, or, in the party now. Cool so. He's integrated. Fully They're integrated. cool enough with Jack. He did revive him, for God's sake. <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the cleric that revived me after I got stabbed yeah. by Evil Paladin and failed that third death saving throw. If that yeah. wasn't the uh, the the oh, you're okay kind of uh, deal there, I don't. And I, I told you. I even told you. I was like, Man, I'm gonna have to level with you, Pat. Uh, that you are going to die a lot because of the nature of your ability <laughs> as an ancestral guardians. Oh yeah, uh, barbarian. Yeah, but oh, that's the whole point. It's the whole point of it, and and that's exactly yeah. it. Like you are the tank, and you are doing your job excellently. <laughs> My favorite thing about this combat by far, because so basically what happened we're kind of going off uh the main topic a little bit but <laughs> That's uh, right. what happened was is in this ritual they pulled this the the entity out of rook's body and the sword and then they had to fight him like in the real world uh <laughs> our uh ryan our paladin um he cast some very helpful spells <laughs> oh, um, yeah. one of them which was very happy was, was very helpful uh Protection from good and evil, which did work, which is very annoying for me. Um, and but then he cast sanctuary on himself, and normally you cast sanctuary on somebody else. But the way, just the way it worked out. Normally, was, normally you do, but normally you do not, not this one. But you know, usually it's the paladin Tylios and the barbarian rook bash brothers in there. So. Perfect. You really just want like the barbarian to take a lot of damage, and then the the paladin to to deal a lot of the damage. Not that Rook doesn't deal an insane amount of damage as he is, but how it worked out was <laughs> Tylios was right next to like our warlock who was at like, third health or something, and then I was just like, I'm attacked the paladin because you have the crazy legendary weapon, and he's like, you have to make a wisdom save, and I was like. All right, if I fail, I have to the squishy warlock. And he's just like, thanks. 
<laughs> and then later on, uh, while this relentless rage loop is going yeah. on, exactly, it's just like, well, <laughs> if I don't make the save, this guy dies. <laughs> the barbarian yep. dies. So it's really in your best interest to make oh the save. Oh my god, it was hilarious. That was it was wild. It was my favorite. My that was favorite so thing. much fun. It was the funniest sanctuary I've ever seen. Where it yeah. was just like, "What is going on with this sanctuary? Like, yeah. it's not <laughs> it's doing like, anything. Like, what? What's going on, man? Yeah, just sending attacks everywhere." Oh man! But uh, and I also wanted to bring up this combat because we were talking about how uh, Pat, your boss, got shit on, but you recouped all those crits and more in this in this combat i i can very much consider this my my vengeance yeah yeah consider it even yeah so in this in this combat plus i figured it's like a very good rp moment since this oh. is the evil spirit in my sword it was perfect yeah i yeah. rolled four crits in this combat holy god i didn't know that yeah keep bouncing out it was amazing oh god. yeah um, and then uh, this also combat featured a very beloved mechanic that I, I like to employ as, as much as feasibly possible, which is like the two stage monster. Uh, doesn't oh, work all yes. the time. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah I thought we had very two interesting. completely I like that. different phases of this combat. Yeah, yeah. Which is good to note. And there it was. Uh, I loved it because so basically the second phase was a very weak creature. But its thing was it could like auto succeed on essentially like parasite latching on to a creature and dominating them until the end of their turn. Right. And all the rule quirks of dominating a monster while you're attached to them were very evident. Uh, yep. And I liked it because. Yeah, it, they were just bizarre. I was like, was I don't cool. understand what's happening. Very cool. <laughs> I yeah. want to swing at the thing. Well, it's moving away from me. And you're like, well. Technically, technically, it's the character. It's being I'm forced like, to move away by the character. It's on the character, no. <laughs> yeah, I kind of did that intentionally because I wanted it to be like, oh, all my normal stuff that I do without thinking doesn't work anymore. So yeah, I, I, re- I really like that. To, it was it was bizarre. Yeah. But to, yeah, to it, tie the, up, oh, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say like it, it was. It's definitely one of those things that like in real world physics. Totally doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Swing at something, but other rules of the game make it so like okay, this mechanic would be pretty busted if you could like like shove a creature and then get an opportunity attack, enter the range, and like do the, I don't know, or there's all all sorts of reasons uh, why the rules in effect to protect the the protect the players too. But I also just yeah. wanted to be like thinking of the role play aspect to be like, oh, I can't do my normal thing because it's going to hurt my friend maybe or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's definitely what's important about it. Because, yeah, one of the weird, weird ones that I was kept thinking about, too, is like, well, he attacked me. I wanted to hellish rebuke him, not obviously to hurt him, but the things surrounding him. And I'm like, if I surround him in fires, how is that thing not getting affected by it? Because yeah. the rules technically is that it only damages what has hit you. Exactly. Which in that case is the character, not the yeah. Uh, the dominated not the player character yeah. was the one who uh, yeah. So the, you gave us a way out, like oh, you can hit this thing yeah, by yeah. getting a very precise attack, but that was kind of the only way out. It was like right. no, you you have to engage with it. You can't engage with it in these other ways. And it was I I did I didn't open up with this ability because I wanted it to be like yeah. It would oh, rooks at. Five hit points at the end of this fight. Yeah, so, right, right. Uh, but he's dealing so much. Damage. 
Uh, yep. You were going to say something too? Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll tie this back in with the one shot theme. So yeah. then I guess that also ties in with like general combat rules too. I guess with like, you know, forming your, your, your BBEG for the, the one shot. Cause I was thinking about this too. Because of with facing against sorrow, so the, the spirit from the sword, and then with facing against you know Genichiro, my toad samurai. What I kind of found was it's like no matter what's going to happen, if it's just like if it's just one boss, even though like sorrow is doing you know four attacks a turn, he's got three legendary actions, he's got a bonus action that can frighten people, and then my dude has his reaction, his three legendary actions. Oh, my, and he's mine got, was stun, not frighten. Oh, stun, stun, like, even like. Yeah, and yeah. I, but I tied it into Frying where because I wanted to flavor it like you were overcome with like despair. Yeah. So if you're immune to Frying, I said you were immune to the the stun effect. But. Exactly. Yeah, like no matter like no matter what, I think like what I found a lot too is even having just like one solitary boss can be a bit difficult to work with. I think that's what I yeah. found with in, in my one shot too is because you guys are just like no matter what, like. Even a party of four is going to rock that boss's world, even if he's like super strong. I, yeah, you definitely, you definitely. I think you did much better than I did building my character. Like your sorrow, I think was significantly more refined than my Kenichiro Toad Samurai. <laughs> I, I, I do. I did have a lot more practice. If, or in, uh, exactly is, is your campaign that your DM is like level four or five? I think. Yeah, they're all level five now. Yeah, so like mm-hmm. you know, I. I slog through level 10, 11, and 12. Like, so I kind of know what, what monsters are, are around. The exactly. Stuff. But yeah, that's always experience yeah. only. Mm-hmm. Really? We tried yeah, talking absolutely. about like balance. And when we talked about boss fights, if you go and listen to our boss fights episodes, if I haven't already plugged that, um, just the difference in, in how to balance that is, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Like I had sometimes, um, you really want to have some sort of heal mechanic in your boss just to make sure yeah. the oh, fight yes. goes on. <laughs> that they don't just crit it down in like two, two Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, mine in Sorrow was the 2d12 necrotic damage at a temporary hit points. No, there you go. Yeah, okay. So he could like heal up depending on how much strike. But it wasn't a crazy amount because you could only have one instance of temporary hit points and you had four strikes. But his legendary action to hit with this sword uh, could also go. heal him in case there, there you was go. a fight ever. Yeah. Uh, I guess there was a crazy thing. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, yeah, also, yeah, it ties back to just the combat, too. Like, you know, use the environment, you know, use add-ons, but they make it flavorful. Tie it in with the, with the you know, the storyline, the setting of the one-shot, too. Make that combat more, you know, more flavorful, more enjoyable. Yeah, I really liked what you did with uh, Kanichiro with the poles that shot up and could shoot spikes because it was like it really changes the math of how you the player wants to interact with the environment and and i kind of wrap movement in that case because it's like yeah okay well i want to move over here so i have an advantageous position or maybe i have cover but it's next to this pole that's going to deal damage to me and cause me to lose my concentration on my spell do i really want to do that it's like making sure the things that you do automatic or think that are free like i move over here now it can't hit me it's like well now you're gonna still take damage because of some other environmental effect so yep there you go it causes you just to think a little bit more absolutely um i also just <laughs> want to plug that we started using tailspire 
Ah, Ooh. good plug there. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have an episode on it for yeah. sure. Uh, you can go back and listen to our episode, though, uh, if you're just interested in general tools. We had a whole episode in D&D about website tools to use. So when we're mostly talking about this, we're mostly still using Roll20 as our main source of online D&D. But yeah, we started using a brand new one called Tailspire. You can get on Steam. Uh, just It's just a world-building level building application which as we've mentioned in the online environment or even when you're in person the maps of combat is all you really need spatially wise everything else is in theater of the mind um maybe maybe a map for a town or something like that which would be quite involved i'm you could definitely do it in tailspire but would take a lot of work to do something that uh yeah yeah. Maybe doesn't get the benefit out of it. Meanwhile, combat, you you actually need physical m- movements in combat. Right. So yeah. It's important. Uh, Which, how many, you didn't have that many maps for your one-shot, right? I think one-shots don't typically carry that many maps with them. Like, it's not, maps aren't as important, right? Because it's not a whole world we're working with. When you go, or you're doing a one-shot, we've mentioned it's a dungeon. You, you're working with this a very small area. Like, yeah, and very narrow. Very narrow. Yeah, let me see. Let me pull it up. So what I know one thing I've been doing a lot, what I like to do, is if there's something a little more theater than mind, I'll just do like a background image. Right. Yeah, and so yeah, that way, I, if I I'm like... like doing that too. Where yeah, it's just that's, like, that's our go-to. Hey, here's, here's just a, like a theme that you can look at because, you know... Yeah, to understand where you're yeah. at. Exactly. So, like, you're walking through the woods. I'll just pull up a background image of the woods. Okay, so, like, I'm pulling up mine. I got, like, three. But there was probably, yeah, like, three major ones. I'm thinking of the the town. Because the, the, the way you structured a one-shot was, I think, uh, unusual in, like, you have a hub structure to the uh, the yep. quest line rather than just like right. your path, and then we we went in different directions. Basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. like you can do it whatever ones you want, which yeah. which was cool because it, it added to the the player agency feel to it. It was like, what which ones do you want to do? You're like, okay, I'm right. this one, and then you get yeah, advice right. about what to do. Go here. Yeah, um, it was actually interesting because it definitely wasn't right. The like you have to do this one first, then that one, then this. There was like three different distinct quest lines. But you could do them in any order. It was just, yeah. you know, it was just like three things have to get done from the central hub. They're all in different directions. Which one do you want to get done? Yeah, and you yeah. could have just done that all theater of the mind, and maybe have a picture of a town or something. Be like, this is what the town looks like, and then say like, these are the three interesting things you see. Which one do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of maps. I like the, the characters really to be more interacting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd like fresh like character. Yeah, like character tokens on the map, I had six. And then, like, as far as backgrounds, wow. I had eight. Okay. Okay. Yep. And actually, one I ended up not even using, just uh, wow. based on how it went. Yeah. There you go. Oh, was that the dragon I met? Because we didn't go in the dragon? It was the, the, the spaceship crashing in the woods. You never actually went to the Warforged spaceship. Oh, yep. okay. Yes. Yeah, yep. no, we didn't. We just accepted that that guy's there now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're like, oh, he's, he's fine. Yeah, good. Yeah, because like I, I really like having I, I love I love having a map. I love ha- like yeah. having characters put it on there and go like, hey, I want to check this out. And they move their token over there. Like, what's that? What, what's this cat sitting on? You know, and like, oh, okay. And then they point to it. I, I like giving that to the characters. Right. 
it also helps um, you if you have hard time keeping things straight. It definitely helps for me too. Just to be exactly. like, because that way you don't have to describe everything. Uh, and like, I'll yep. have um, on like an off screen, I'll have like a list of like key things when I'm describing a scene of like, make sure you mention the water because that's going to be important later. Like you're how cold yep. it is because whatever, or certain important things would be like, Hey, it'll be disservice to the, player or like you want to give your players an opportunity to be like wait it's getting colder out like maybe i should choose cold resistance instead of fire (laughs) resistance or something for my ring of elemental resistance or something yeah um and yeah and when certain things like the examples i gave are atmospheric and they have to be described but yeah exactly like oh you forgot like maybe you forgot to describe this cat was sitting on a mat in the back and then be like hey this like what's over here and then you can and be like, yeah. oh, yes, of course, this. One thing I've been doing is, like, if you have, like, whatever interface you're using, like, on Roll20, you can put things on the GM layer, where so if you're the DM, only you can see it. I'll just put, like, a little note so that only I can see it. So if, like, a player character walks by it, I go, oh, okay. I know how to mention that. Right. It's, like, a little asterisk or, like, a little note. And I find that helps tremendously because I'm, I'm a single-screen peasant I don't have I don't have my multiple screen I display. I honestly have no idea I, how you guys. I, 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 now that both, I'm DMing, I'm like, I need to get another one. I really do. Both of you, man. I'm just like, yeah. I have. <laughs> I just like, I will not survive <laughs> with the single. <laughs> I, screen. I need it. I do. Um, but uh, how, another question I forgot to ask, and I want to talk about this when you were uh, prepping for it. And this sounds like the same question, but I think it's a little okay. different. Is how detailed did you go into your prep work? Like, because I think for DMing, there's this constant, uh, like spectrum of on two sides, there's like detailed prep work and flexibility that you kind of have to find a happy medium in between. Like, of course, you want to have details of like certain things, like the shopkeep has a name and prices for the inventory and stuff, but you don't want to do all that work for like, if you have a party full of spellcasters, you don't need to do that for the Smith because they're probably not going to go there or you do all this detailed prep work for all this stuff. And they're like, well, we're just interested in this. So we're just going to go here or they're suddenly going to decide, Hey, instead of going to Cresc, we're going to do eight different things (laughs) before we're going to do that. Yeah. Um, It kind of goes doubly so for one shots too. Right. Cause like, the scenario is all there laid out they can't go on and do those you know sometimes in a general campaign you could be like i'll just plan that for next time right like yeah just delay them enough that they don't go and do that right now and then you know enough time goes by that you're like okay i'll plan that for next time like yeah i can do that prep in the one shot you gotta have everything fleshed out right i mean Mm -hmm. you could leave some stuff up to chance but yeah you have to have it Brett striking gold here, like, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, with, with uh, because I feel like Eric, you're as far as a DM, at least from what I've seen, you're you are the prep DM, like, yes, because like we'll, we'll be playing, we'll be playing like some all. games, we're like, hey Eric, you want to like play some magic or something? You're like, I gotta do some D, some DM, <laughs> I got I, guys, I'm writing, I'm like, oh, I should write for my campaign. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, t- it makes me feel bad. <laughs> Well, to be fair, it's lighted up a lot because I was DMing two campaigns. For oh, okay, yeah. yeah, true. Um, yeah, 
but that campaign fell apart, which is yeah. classic D and D. We went, we got through eight sessions, and, yeah. and then <laughs> we get, went through Christmas break, and everyone kind of went yeah. ah, yeah. The, the longer go. breaks hurt. I mean, we went through a long hiatus on ours because we had to. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, yeah, it was the holiday yeah. season, so yeah. Like I would put myself like right right in the middle of that spectrum. I think it's a nice healthy balance of scrambling two hours before a session to throw some maps together and like, ah, I know the lore enough. I'll, I'll figure it out. You know? <laughs> I'm definitely on the more wing it side of things, but <laughs> yeah. there's yeah, a certain think... like grace that comes from just like, you pull it out of your ass. You're like, Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was amazing. I didn't even know I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you just say some things that it's, there is this little, um, pit that drops in your stomach sometimes or you know it, sometimes it's a good thing but you'll just like mention something offhand and they go like oh that's interesting and your players go like oh interesting we should go do this like um what was an example from our oh uh our session with a uh, palace the i you know back in ravenloft sergeant palace uh he gave oh, yeah. the party some bits of information about a potential storyline that they could pursue if they wanted to and they're like, we have to go find him. <laughs> and I'm just like, I should, prob- <laughs> I should probably figure out where that guy is. They're going to go find him. Yeah. I remember we did it a lot to you early on, Eric. We were just like yep. choosing decisions. And you're like, are you going to go that way? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't yeah. have anything over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's the reason why I'm more of a prep guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like, I feel like you both are like this where, you know, fans of science fiction and fantasy stuff where you get like a kernel of a story in your head. You're just like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah, I want to build like, this I out. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I do it too. I, I have the general scenario in my head and a general this, and then the rest is just up for, yeah, cause, it's fun. cause I have, I have no idea what the players are going to do. I have right, no yeah. idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, no matter how well I lay it out, they could easily just be like, and I do this. And I'm like, I did not even think of that. I, okay. <laughs> Jesus, let's run with that. I am. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> One thing I found, I don't know if maybe it's because we're getting more defined as like, not roles, like the character classes, but like roles as in like, one person is really good about like asking questions that are kind of offhand one, like as players, like what you guys like to do. Right. Um, and then I kind of tune the story to fit those, or maybe it's like the other way around. Uh, I mean, I feel like a lot of our characters feed you little insights to their character that you're like, Oh, I could, I could fuck around with that. Right. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll half mention like, I really want to find this Wabajack. And you're like, Oh, I know. Oh yeah. I'll I'll create a whole quest line. And and part of that is, intentional because like your players give this is turning into dm tips episode but (laughs) if your players express a motivation they're gonna want to do that so prep for that (laughs) prep for the motivation that they intrinsically want so they can provide the uh the drive in game to be like i want to go find this thing let's go do this right now i mean to to relate it to our topic is is, this is the fundamental difference between the one shot and and the campaigns like we're mentioning yep that that scenario has to just like just straight up be laid out in the one shot like yeah yeah this is this is what you're doing there's no motivations for you guys we we just have to do this you're absolutely correct yeah, like getting back to the question you asked, Eric. Like, yeah, I typed out like 
specific either phrases, even like right when the, the demigods summon you to their plane and they have that big, like ominous, like welcome yeah. to the Debbie planes. I type that out. Like, <laughs> cause, cause there's a certain, like, there's a certain, so to speak, like there's a, there's a schedule you have to abide by mm-hmm. somewhat with a one shot. Yep. Like things need to be tight and need to be moving. So yeah, you're up to do a lot of fleshing out in a one shot. A yeah, lot of can't... like, this is what this character is going to say. This is what they're going to tell the character if they ask this. And if the character does this, I know, okay, if they, uh, if they ask why I've been, why a villager's been being captured, why haven't you done this? And you have to anticipate what the character's going to ask, have the question prepared, write out what that villager's going to say. It's a little daunting, right. but like as soon as that character asks, your PC asks that question, it feels so good to go, boom, I've already got the answer. Yeah, and it, it flows is, immediately. NPCs and one shots are very tough, right? You can only give them a limited script. It, it is like, yeah. I mean, think about a video game, right? When they design them in those games, they have like three sets of lines and that's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you're not supposed mm-hmm. to go beyond that. Yeah, you feel bad for those video game writers. For, <laughs> sometimes oh, yeah. it's very easy to be like, how come, you know, Fallout 4 didn't have a lot of like detailed voice stuff? You're just like, that's, that's so much work. Yeah, like holy, think about it. Yeah, in the D and D setting, it's like we have to respond back to them. So it's like they they become. That's why I say I'm I'm more. Uh, I guess it's just, maybe it's just my perception, but I'm like in my mind, I wrote the three things that this NPC is going to say, mm-hmm. and then but then they keep talking to him. I can't like just uh, repeat the three things. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and that's I guess that, I have to keep that's saying where that, stuff. But you know, like, specificity I'm gonna... versus flexibility spectrum comes Boom. into play. Where it's like, if, if you have a good, my, my thing is, if you have a good idea what the character's motivation is, it becomes mm. much easier to freestyle. Because it's like, mm-hmm. I just need you to go find my cat. Man, yeah, right, like, right. I and love my yeah, cat. I want them back. <laughs> and then it could be like, hey, like, I know crazy shit. You think crazy stuff's going on. You think you're seeing things. Well, maybe one of those things fr- like took my cat. Can you find that, please? Yeah. Uh, there you yeah, go. It's, it's... Give it, give, make it more urgent, I guess, is, is the way, to, the way mm-hmm. to go. Don't what don't I'm... start introducing more characters and more concepts from the character. Keep them very linear. Yeah. Yep. One of my favorite moments about the uh, back to your one shot, Pat, was, you know, we get sent to this demiplane. There's these three, like, deific figures talking to us about how like oh you mute you puny boars blah, blah blah but like we're all we're all kind of still like assholes at this point in, in, the, <laughs> in the campaign and we're all level 11 so like we've talked to gods before <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. like none yeah. of us were impressed by these gods no. <laughs> yeah it was that like, was the point too oh, no, no. and you know it, it yeah th- that was intentional on your part but yeah it's just like bow before our power boards we're just like what you're just a demigod? <laughs> Not even about? a full god. Like, we'll do this job for you, but we could have just like wrote this in your original letter. <laughs> you still would have came here. What are you not full god? Yeah, that's that's lame. <laughs> <sighs> we're getting to that point in our campaign, Eric. Just like, yeah. We're talking to gods left and right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, our our they just leveled up to level thirteen. Hell which yeah. now they've access to plane shift, which is <laughs> yes. a quantum leap in possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your campaign has entered the next level. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. You just got a message on the overhead speakers. <laughs> <laughs> Your campaign is entering the next level <laughs> of existence. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
It's pretty great. But I'm excited to see what happens. Oh, yeah. At one point, I do want to go and visit. I mean, we have the whole map, and we know where Swifty's at. I want to go visit Swifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what Swifty has gotten up to and, uh, and send it to you. Yeah, that'll be fun. I could just play a whole episode. We, we could have, even if I need oh, no. to sit down Jack for an episode, just to roleplay Swifty exclusively mm-hmm. for for an episode and with uh shiogorath there's plenty of stuff yeah right yeah exactly there's there's tons of stuff that could end up happening yeah to keep that not to just give you any ideas eric but (laughs) huh wink wink nudge nudge yeah listen we we got like you already have like another three months of like stuff set up for us to do so like (laughs) yeah once you got to uh ravenloft the city which was interesting hiccup that you (laughs) <laughs> did that because his, uh, his Pat's character uh, came from Ravenloft before the Curse of Strahd campaign, which right. the castle's name is Ravenloft, so I had to make yep. up something that that coincided too, but it ended up not really being uh it worked out. out a lot. Ravenloft yeah. the city. <laughs> the, the, I had That's a whole I had a whole sub arc about that. About that where it Yeah, was, it was super cool. They're in the forest that was off to the east of the thing. There was a whole city of like dark elves that were like oh. in opposition to Strahd, but followed mm-hmm. their own dark gods. It was gonna be a whole thing, but we have time. In Barovia, yeah. you still you're in saying? Barovia, yeah. Oh, there's, there's a couple whole sections where you guys didn't get a chance to see. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything we missed in your one shot, Pat? Ooh, let me think. So yeah, there was one. You point mentioned yet. the ship that we didn't yeah, to see. Yeah, you could have gone with the Warforged to his ship, and oh yeah, so this is tying back in with like the interoperability as far as like so. Oh, so right right away when you're dropped in the middle of the village, you saw the dragon. Yeah, so you saw the dragon. You saw the there was the uh, like the the post board and the post about the missing cat was bleeding, and that led you to Mrs. Pippet Whistle to help her find her cat. So, like, that was, like, boom, like, solve the dragon. The cat is probably a weird planar bleeding. And you saw some weird stuff to the north. And that was where the Warforged was, Anvil. And, but you didn't roll quite high enough in the perception check. And so, I was like, maybe they'll, like, they'll go check it out. And then you would have met Anvil. So, like, he's from a, a futuristic, you know, sci-fi realm. And this, like, CR-25 gunslinger Warforged, you know. So, it could have taken him up. Is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you could have talked to him beforehand, maybe gotten some more information, and, so and so you, you, did, did you force that introduction of him? Like, that wasn't planned at all? Yeah, so I thought you guys were going to talk to him first. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you end up luring that nether beast, that big cat, back to the village, he was going to, if you had done that, no matter what, he was going to kill the beast for you. Yeah. It just, I was anticipating you talking to him originally, so it wouldn't have been a surprise that he killed the beast. You'd be like, oh, okay, maybe Anvil can help. Oh, you know, because he's like super robotic and has this giant magical minigun. So I kind of had to like ad-lib that. I'm like, well, I know Anvil's back in the village. And I anticipated, it's like, well, if they bring the nether beast back somehow, Anvil will kill it. Right, yeah. And so that was like one thing, okay, they could have talked, talked to him beforehand. Gotcha. And... But if you well, brought that, that's in- what I mentioned where we, we kind of did things out of order, but that, that was kind of yeah, in but I, the plans of your exactly. One-shot. That was the, that was what I had prepared for too. 
if you had brought Anvil forward into the woods and had him kill the beast from the wood line, you would have killed the cat inside the nether beast's stomach, which would then have caused Mrs. Pistwistle to get mad at you. So you would have still completed her quest line, but she wouldn't have given you the feast. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's like that could have happened. And let's see. I think those those were just the two big ones. You okay. pretty much did everything else in the right way. And you did something with the feast you were referring to was a hero's feast, but you did something yeah. interesting where you allowed us to choose what saving throw type you give there us you go. on, which to which is a good tip for all the DMs out there to be like sometimes I think we get caught up in like if it's homebrew, it's all homebrew instead of looking at something to be like, well, this is a feast, but like, let's make it a little more flexible here. Like maybe yeah. it's like a constitution heroes feast or a intelligence mm-hmm. heroes feast or something like that. So there yeah. can be all different levels of homebrew esque things. There you go. What, Which I want to like a minor topic to, to go over is how do you guys deal with like short and long rests? I mean, cause they don't, they shouldn't Ooh, technically yeah. even happen during one shots. You know, there mm-hmm. is no real rest period. It's, it's a one shot. It's, it's do it all in one yep shot (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah short rest i could see just because like warlocks in particular they kind of need at least one short rest per long rest just to just because it kind of sucks if you have a combat early on and people are like well i either yeah don't know if this is the only combat (laughs) Uh and i'm just eldritch blasting every turn or (laughs) i'm gonna Mm -hmm. use all my spells and be like well guys if we (laughs) are in another combat we i'm not gonna do anything um yep but I do like, remember kind of getting into trouble during yours, Eric. Uh, the high level one, the seventeenth level one, and I, th- I think we just got into some little thing, little scuffle, and I was like, "Well, shit, I want to use my stuff," and it was a one shot. So I was like, "Bam, action surges, go ahead, blow it all out," and then they're like, "And now the boss fight begins." And I was yeah, like, like, "Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah." I, I had like a weird, like I had like three or four storm giants with this like weird aberrant oh, no. monster fighting you first. You was like, "Got this!" And in my back of my head, I was just like, <laughs> "I got you." <laughs> the, the, the storm giants are are there to show you guys how strong you are <laughs> before yeah. you play something real. Ooh, oh, no. Wink, wink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that could just happen. And if you're, yeah, the fighter yeah. is a short rest class. So yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna do this and then get everything back on short rest. And I I think that's um that might be something kind of talk about because I I almost wanted to ask you about that, Pat. Because like. How like I kind of asked a little bit, but like how combat focused is this going to be? Like, is yep. this going to be a resource management issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What or, was your plan going into the boss fight on like giving us any resources beforehand? Yeah. So like right away in the beginning, when you talked to the demigods, I made it very clear from the beginning that you guys like the gods were like, do you do you need anything from us before we send you off? Right. I think that's probably a good point in any one shot. Like, make it, make a clear point, like, oh, like, before you head off, like, there's a merchant, or, you know, there's It's there's dangerous some... ahead, take this. <laughs> yeah, like, give them opportunity, at least make it a clear point for them to stock up. Yeah. So they can get the reagents they need, like, you know, for, if they have a hero's feast, if they ever vivify, to get potions. And so they can prepare for it. Like, mm-hmm. the gods were, like, summon some diamonds and, and like, potions for you. Right. Or make that yep. a part of the 
class or uh, not class, oh, like, item selection part where it's like you yeah. all have a uh, two healing potions and maybe you have like like 500 gold worth of spell components. You guys, just, you decide. What yeah, and then you pick which spell components they are. Yeah, or like integrate that. Yeah. Just so you're not, you're not just like left like, oh, I can't cast these spells. Yeah, I did that with um, Search for Frank's name. Where I was just like, yep. there's a, a helpful shopkeeper mimic that you got. You can yell at. Was really that was awesome. Out of. Yep. Um, gotcha. And, yeah, you always have to give the opportunity, I feel like. Especially before a boss fight in the one-shots. You don't yep. want that fight to be not the full fight. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't want people going into the boss fight and having no spells. <laughs> it's just like, okay, that would yeah. be a very uninteresting combat. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the one-shot is to make an exciting combat. Exactly. Exactly. So I agree. Awesome. I I I mean I, I think we detailed enough of what we could in yeah. one shot. I think it was, that was good. And we got the classic dragon party tangent for thirty minutes. Yeah, oh, yeah. in there where we just talked about anything I'm, other. We tied it back in stuff. a little bit. It was good. <laughs> we we uh, circled back around. Yeah. Hey, look, it's a party. You just got a party. We mingled a little bit with yeah, our yeah, having a good time at the party. Yeah, having fun because Pat came back. As the official, this is the what only the second time all three of us has, have done the appearance. Yeah, true. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, what about uh, next week, though? Me and Eric are going to talk about some more of. Uh, oh, Pat, let me hear real quick if you want to comment. How, what's your feelings on Neon Dynasty? Other than oh. uh, Jenga Taxis, your BFF, you're, which you're just okay. like you oh, obviously oh. think is is, oh. is the is the weakest horrible. monster. It's Don't you dare! Don't you get me started. Uh, you you were like, oh, this is um, Vizardrix mm-hmm. 2.0. Yeah. Oh man, I, I told Brett while I was listening to the podcast, I was driving, <laughs> I pissed because we talked about it. All I didn't of a sudden say. My phone started blowing up. I don't know. I, don't I was know. like, no, I recognize he's OP. I just said, at least it's only once per turn. He's still he's still busted. He could have been more busted. So don't don't you put words in my mouth. I translated here, that in my brain as Pat. Don't don't, don't you? <laughs> which is very classic, Brett. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. but thing that says it's not completely. But it's like <laughs> oh, oh, oh. this guy. So well, I mean, so as, as starting in Kamigawa, just ah, to see this, I was so leery. I'm like, oh, don't ruin this beautiful plane for me. And then seeing this, I'm like, Mark Rosewater, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much because this is awesome. That's pretty dope. That's pretty it is so dope. Do you have like a favorite card so far? I know this is a D and D podcast, but oh, oh, oh god. Uh, favorite card. You're putting me on the spot here. Here we are. Because we got to talk about what You know what? Let me pull up Mythic Spoiler. Give me like. All right. Well, 30 in the meantime, seconds. Eric, what are we talking about next week on the Magic well, Podcast? Well, next then? week. So we're going to continue the Kamigawa Niwan, Niwan, Neon <laughs> Dynasty uh, spoiler, or not spoiler, review season, which is uh, we're going to talk about the Commander decks that are coming out and also the nice. legendaries. Specifically, oh. the ones that like you could conceivably use as your yeah. Th- there are a lot of legendaries because it's a legendary focused set, but uh, you know we're not going to talk about the Goshintai monocolored. The know, reality not chip. Run. We're not the shrine. Yeah, we might talk about reality chip. That one maybe, uh, but probably That's not true. a lot That's of the true. other monocolored yeah. ones. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. reality chip. Though. Yeah, I'll talk. I'll I'll use any opportunity to talk about the reality. Show. Yeah, we can definitely talk about. It. He's a jellyfish equipment legendary that's creature so cool. artifact. So, <laughs> equipment. That's like that's probably my favorite like line of text as far as like, oh a creature type. So stupid. Uh, equipment so jellyfish. Long. It's like what? yes, legendary artifact creature, oh. equipment jellyfish. 
Okay. I'll say like that five times fast. I think my favorite card from the set, just because it got me so excited, just for the mana cost, is the new Tamio. Just because oh, just yeah. because Phyrexian mana's back and then it's Phyrexian oh, hybrid mana. That's just so wild. I'm I like, curious as to if that's only going to be for planeswalkers. Yeah, I don't know. We I don't, don't know. know yet either. I know. None of us. So know, the co- the completed ability is because it specifically yeah. mentions it has right. two less like, loyalty it's like walkers. Yeah. Right, exactly. But I, I love the idea of like if it's a creature enters with like three minus one minus one counters on it and it's so cool if you paid life if you paid life this turn yeah that's that's fair it might just anyway the possibilities are endless all right what about the next time we get back to dan dizzle uh well you know we're we're hammering through these character creation series so we're gonna do the sorcerer we are now i i did i will say uh i went back and listened to some of our earlier episodes because we didn't have our character creation series kind of locked in at that point when we started it I think we do have to give f- the fighter justice. I think I'm going to rename that episode. Okay. Oh. Uh, this maybe doesn't even have to be said on air. But that one, we definitely focused on building a character, which I think was an important episode. And we used the fighter to do it. But we didn't really talk about what the fighter does at all. Oh, we, did, we didn't. Because we're, the character creation series is really a character, cl- a class overview A series. class overview. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But that first time that we went through it, we went through creating a character. And we that was a like, very important step in the process. People have to know how to build the character, uh, which we used a fighter in that example. And I think okay. that that's all it should be. Yeah, in that uh, we I, should do We should fighter. do a character overview. Yeah, a class, class series. Overview. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should call them character class series. Maybe it's probably a better hey name for it. Character creation series is doing good for clicks. So it's doing good. It's the hot clicks. <laughs> it is our most uh, popular. But bring the kids in. Yeah, we got to get some clicks somehow. Um, anyway. All right. So anyway, so we're gonna do we're for so for the next D and D podcast, we're gonna do our character creation series, the Sorcerer, Ooh, which it's this is like. I think the premier like DPS class for casters, at least in D and D. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I'm very excited because I want to see if my subclass and my sorcerer I'm playing in our campaign makes the makes the cut. We'll see. Um, we'll wait, see. Which which one? Which one are I'm you? No, I'm known to I'm, slash grades. Yeah. I'm, I'm I am not, not nice to. Cl- I'm sorry. not going to tell you. I'll tell you after you rate it. I want oh, your pure man. objective okay, opinion. Okay, just okay. just wait for me to give it an F, Pat. I mean, I'm like, brutal on these. Uh, I'm <laughs> dropping in my car. Just no. It's going to be hard because the 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 base class for sorcerers is it's pretty it's good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. But like, we only give yeah. grades for the subclasses anyway. That's true. Yeah, yeah. we only do good yeah. grades for subclasses. I usually, uh-huh. I usually just rip them to shreds if I don't see anything yep. I like. <laughs> anyway, uh, we can go get back to party. Pat's got to do a D and D. All right, Pat's got to go. Yeah, I got to. I got We're playing. So we got to go minutes. party. Me and Eric got to go party. He's got to go host some D and D. Hell yeah! And to all you listeners out there, party on! Party on!